Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good evening and welcome to Night 8 on the Fallout Bar as we have had Super Saturday time at the Winter Gardens where I'm sat in the, uh, the bath. Tam Latvalen, how are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, you look like you sat in the janitor's closet there, but <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Wherever we can get it done from, we get it done, don't we? And we make, we make a way to make it happen. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was semi-finals night. It's always always a big night. It's, and it's a good night tonight in that I don't feel like we need to mention the crowd at any point because we had no bother whatsoever, which is... Just lovely to see. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I believe, to be honest, personally, I feel like they've been very good the majority of the week. There's been yeah, some I mean, incidents, but majority, I think they've been very, very, very good. But, Tam, just before we delve on to that, I just want to say I tweet a low to everyone in the chat room, some of which have been here for a good 20 minutes off there waiting for us to jump on as we've just waited for... Um, as Michael's doing his interviews at the moment, so we just have to wait for that to be done. So just pop up a few comments on the screen while I'm popping those up. Just want to say thank you as always for the uh, continued sponsorship from Winmare, Red Dreadden, Modus, and our title sponsors for this week in Betfred. Um, and Tom, like I said, before we go into each game, um, generally from a semi-final night, it lived up to the billing. Yeah, it, did. it was another great... I mean, we've had a few great nights in our own, haven't we? It's it's really living up to it this week. And, and that's the thing. And it, it's good to, the, like you say, for the most part this week, we've just been able to talk about the darts and, and how good it's been because everyone's been bang at it. And, yeah, another great night tonight. Yeah, an, another great night. And it was one, me and Charlie were on the show yesterday and talking about the possibilities of what this um, night could have had. We've had a game of um, with two players who have been in the final before and then we had a completely different semi-final where we had two new semi-finalists and we was going to have a new finalist, whatever the outcome of the night. So it was sort of opening regards to the outcomes of what could have happened tonight. And once again, we've seen quarter-finals and now semi-finals where even the loser in those has got more than 10 leads, which shows they've been fairly close in all those and they've been yeah. very, very competitive, either we've saw the, the high averages which we've seen from and Desi over the past few nights, or we've seen a bit more drama-filled. They have certainly been a, a very good Saturday night. And for me, what is one of the best um, sporting nights of the year is always match play semi-final in Bradford. It seems yeah. to always deliver some sort of drama of some sort. So oh. let's let's go into match number one, Tam, and let's look at Derwin Price versus Danny Noppert. So Derwin Price, who for me, came into this tournament with very, very little form really of note, a very poor Premier League, nothing really of standout 
and with Oz up against the current UK Open champion. But it was Derwin Price who put in a sensational performance, averaging 102, 45% on his checkouts and getting the better of Dane up at 17-11. In this one, start of this game, Price seemed focused and up for it from the off. He did. He was very, very impressive tonight. I thought he was... I did think he'd get over the line tonight, but I thought he was bang up against it with Nopper, the way that Danny's been playing this year. And obviously, I know Danny himself, he's kind of alluded to it on commentary, that it's not, even though he won his first major title with the UK Open, he's still not happy about it in the fact that he had a, it was a poor performance from him in the final, but it was enough to get over the line at that point. And he kind of, he dislikes the fact that it's, it wasn't him showing his best, and it's it, he fancies going and showing his best and winning something. And I thought he'd be really, really close to getting past Gezi tonight, even though I did think Gezi would edge it. And and that, I, I thought to blow him away like he did. I mean, the six leg leg mark is massive, and I think it's it was really impressive for him because he just always looked like looked incomplete control and just not. Um, Kieran's message in the chat though, his first time in Blackpool and he saw a nine daughter from uh, from Price there. I mean, what what a night to make your first one. <laughs> and funnily enough, um, my first ever night in Blackpool, I saw a nine daughter as well. Uh, mine was a long, quite a long time ago. I saw Wes Newton hit one back in the day, which right. uh, got pretty much exactly the same response that Gezis did today, where there was beer everywhere, everyone was absolutely loving it. And I mean, just what a leg like and i stand by it and i've stood by it ever since he first did it that way 19's first on the 141 is the way to go because it's a much easier switch from the 20s to the dual 12 rather than going up down up and no one else seems to go that way but gezi has got it absolutely nailed and we've seen him do it a couple of times already this year yes tom has thrown in the status then i was about to say blast from the past it was 10 years ago that wasn't it and done that and it was lead 13 lucky for some but Desi then fired in that perfect lead and we, I was in the press room when that happened and there was a huge applause but we've seen opportunities this week we've seen Smith obviously have eight perfect we've seen a couple of sevens and I saw that one sits, I really thought six has thought. probably happened about uh, seven or eight times this week but there just seemed to be how perfect those sits were in regards to not obviously the 180s, but where they was laying the board, how he, yeah. the, he went into the darts on the first 180 and he just sort of battered into it. and It just seemed likely the majority of the press room, I'm sure the majority of people in the chat room and in the crowd just felt like that this was the time that Desi was going to make it for yeah. 2022. And what a record that is. We're in July and Derwin Price is it four nine daughters on TV this, this year. That is just ridiculous, Dan. Yeah, uh, it's it's <clears> utter, <throat> utter nonsense. Like, four already. We've got five, we've got five months to go yet. Like, <laughs> it's absolutely mental. Like, but he just, he seems nervous when he comes down. You can see with other players, they get to six, seven, eight, nine, and you can see the nerves to get there and see the sort of the adrenaline flowing through them. But he just looks like he's absolutely just completely just level and just like, no, this is what I do. And I just take them out. And it was just like you say, the first six, 
first two in the top of the treble 20 both times. He's then rattled into them. And to be fair, both of them only just stayed in the board, the third one, after they'd rattled into them. They were both a little bit loose. I'd have been running a little bit quicker than he did, but he looked calm even with that. Just wandered up and pulled them out the board. Um, ah, just, and he didn't going. And the only surprise for me was the fact that it went in the sort of, the top quarter of the double 12 rather than bang in the middle of it because I thought it was going straight in the middle. I was in the middle of making my dinner at that point as well and I heard the first one go in and I sort of like nipped back to the telly and heard and saw the second one go in and then I was like I don't care if it's about to burn in the oven there I am watching these last three. <laughs> yeah it was just like I said it was just one of them it, it felt like there was one coming um as you, I'm not sure if you've seen on uh, on Twitter tonight, I've I've bragged a little that I I mentioned it last night on the show with Charlie that I felt one was coming last night. Yeah, is what I initially said, but I was adamant that one was coming this weekend. And to be honest, I'm not sure we finished with them as well because uh, no, I, I'm probably, not either. Michael can still produce. He didn't put in the the performance that we've seen from him at other parts in the week, and we'll come on to that name shortly, but. These two to throw them and with yes. Desi on four and doing two and one night in the Premier League. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fifth. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised if we saw one each tomorrow. That that's that's how how much I fancy it. And also we actually have one person in the chat, like Teresa could confirm as well. I called it tonight as well that we would see one tonight before it happened as well. So <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought tonight was the night. And then I guess from that moment, Price still Price followed it. We talked about the perfect lead he did then follow it up with a 180 then we had 12 perfect hearts in favour from Desi then I, I thought, think it was I treble, thought we treble 20 then it was a, a yeah it was a treble 20 then it was a one off in the, yeah. yeah he brought that little yeah. run with but in at that part even with a, the nine aside Cam um, he felt then that there was a bit of more authority on stage and that it only seemed to be done one way as as much as he sort of wilted away and he, he let not be in for a few legs to the back end of it, it just seemed like that he was in total control then. Yeah, I think he, even those few legs he lost towards the end, I think he was still completely in control. And if anything, it was probably a good thing for him because he's going to come out firing again tomorrow because he's probably a little bit annoyed at himself that he let a few legs go at the end, which is when Price is generally the best. When he gets a little, he's a little bit riled at himself, he's probably going to come out firing straight away from the off tomorrow. And I think, I think that's probably going to help him a little bit. Like you say, yeah, he, even at that point, you weren't worried. You didn't think he was coming back. You didn't think it was like Van Gogh and Aspinall the, the other night where once he started coming back at him, you thought, oh, he's actually, he might do this here. You just, you knew with Knockbert that Gezi always, always had it in hand. And yeah, that I thought we were in another Van Gogh moment when he set off into it. And I, the most impressive thing for me, other than the nine, was the fact that his response after that fourth dart in uh, the fifth dart, sorry, into this when he was at that point was 13 perfect. His response to have a little play with the crowd, but then reset and go again. Uh, just that he was clearly so in control and so relaxed that he never. I just thought you can tell what a good mind space he's in here because he just fancies he's got this and he's got that chance to have a little play with the crowd. Go. Oh, where's that dark one? Because it's gone miles off where I aimed it. But like, yeah, I'm with you on that. And just a quick one on Tommy's question: how many nines 
There's probably on TV now. That's four on TV this year. That's also his fourth one that he's hit on TV. His first yeah. one was at the World Championship. So it's four for the year, but it's also four in his career on TV. Obviously, we've we've seen him at uh, Euro Tour ones. We've seen him at Pro Tour ones. Yeah. And one thing that's... I guarantee you... And we all that we're... Safe shout, but I guarantee you that's not the last we see from him. <laughs> <laughs> quite... quite uh, Quite an easy shout that he's come with a uh, tour at the moment, as you're talking about <laughs> potentially in one tomorrow night. Um, just one thing that's probably been forgotten about and not mentioned that much because of the nine data and the performance he's put in. This, is, this was Darwin Price's first match play semi final, yeah. obviously, now it's his first final tomorrow. Generally, it's not a stage that he's generally going to be able to stop him. Yeah, it's not a stage that he's generally enjoyed. He, Blackpool, as much as it's someone you think you probably would enjoy, like. He's pretty good over a longer format, but he's just never really done it here. But yeah, he's there now. And I think, I don't think we see him struggle here in future years now. I think he is going to be a force every year now. I think he's got over the hump on this stage and that's that's a man that's going to be dominating for a while. We will move on to Michael Van Derwen and Dimitri Vandenberg next, but before we do, Let's hear from the nine dot hero himself. In that game, like that, that one patch, I felt like I was unbeatable. But then the very next period, I felt like I couldn't hit anything. So it can it can change in an instance how well or how bad you're playing. And I just I'm glad that I'm in a good frame of mind and my confidence is back because I know that I'll go in tomorrow, whoever I'm playing, I'm gonna play well. I know I'm gonna play well and that's the difference. Yeah, hundred percent. I deserve to be. I'm back to world number one. And yeah, if I lift this trophy, I think I thoroughly deserve it. I've probably played some of the best starts in this tournament, uh, and hopefully, I can just continue that in the final. It's hard to argue with that as well at the minute, isn't it, Cam? Yeah, it the is. Performance he's put in, um, it seems that he's just got gradually better and better as the weight has done on, and he's looking in fine, fine form. Moving on, then, Cam, to semi final number two. We had two players who have previously lifted this match by trophy. Uh, Dimi, who in the past two years before this one has only lost one game, obviously that into the final and losing to Peter yeah. last year, winning it the year before and looking in fine form this year. The time up then to Michael Van Derwin, who didn't take the lead in this game until 14 13. Um, so it took 27 leads for Michael to let the lead in this one, but it was MVG who won this game, averaging 98.9. And I was taught him before um, I come on to fill around this game, Dan, around the fact that is Michael the only player who can average 98.9, but not look like he's averaging anywhere near that? No, he looks like he's averaging 15 when he averages 98. <laughs> like, like, anything below a ton from him looks like he's averaging about three and a half. Like, he's, he's, it's absolutely ridiculous that you can sit there and go, He's absolutely awful tonight. Yeah, he's still averaging a hundred. Like, it's—I don't know what it, it, it is about Van Gogh, but he just makes it look like we see other players. Like you see, you see James Wade make a ninety look like it's about one hundred and ten sometimes. But Van Gogh is the complete opposite. Like, unless he's averaging one hundred and twenty, it looks like he's the worst player in the world. It's absolute nonsense because he's still flying and still playing really well. I was a little bit disappointed with Dimmy tonight. I I expected more out of him tonight. I thought the way he's played all week, I thought both of these two would have been well over 100 in this game, just the way they've both been playing. And, and I expected more. I just thought so many trebleless visits from Dimmy were like, 
you, you don't see that a lot from him, especially not the way he's been playing. He usually, he finds one at least every visit and just keeps on going. But tonight, it just wasn't there. And and I don't know whether it was, I mean, all for him playing the way he played tonight and just getting up there and playing. He didn't, there were no shenanigans. There was no nonsense of slowing it down, which we see him do a lot of the time. He, there was one moment where he tried to slow it down, but he just got up there and played his game, which worked really well for him against Peter Rax. He did the same then. There was no messing about then. He was he was up there, he was throwing quick, and he was playing well, but it just didn't quite work for him tonight. And maybe he needed to just bring it back a little bit tonight and get himself back into that moment of focus. Like, when he went in at the break at 4-1, the first break, yeah, he didn't do his usual... Calm, breathing down. He was giving it up and he was going the other way. And I thought, I'm not sure that's what you need to be doing it. Yeah, and that, that's probably one part I was going to come on to. We'll, we'll come on to Michael's performance in a moment. Just looking at Dimitri, do you think that actually by just playing at a steady pace, by we know that Dimitri's one of the players on, on the tour route and sort of they'll a lot quicker, he can drop it down and they'll really slow. And there's not many who can do that and maintain the level. Do you think that? Dimi should have done that. We have a right or wrong lay and we, we have these discussions around yeah. if it's right or not. But do you think that there was times in that that he maybe should have tried to just slow the tempo down and try and benefit himself? Quite possibly. And I, I don't... The thing is, the reason I don't think he did it is because it would have absolutely no effect on Van Gogh. Van Gogh, Van Gogh doesn't care. Like, once he gets to the hockey, Van Gogh... He still throws at the same pace. And whether he's had to wait 10 minutes or one second to have that throw, I don't think it really affects him. I don't think he's someone that gets bothered about having to wait an extra 20 seconds before he goes up to throw again. I think he gets himself there, he gets set, and he throws at his same pace every single time once he gets there. I don't think he's really someone that it would bother if you slowed him down. Whereas someone like a Gary or someone like that, it's going to have a big impact on because he wants to be able to just, he wants to keep in that rhythm at the same time between throws straight back up again and go. I don't think it really matters to Van Gogh. And if anything, if you annoy him, it's probably more likely to just ping in a 180 to more than anything else just because it's going to upset him. But I think Dimi for himself at some point needed to slow it down a bit tonight. And I think more for his own performance in that he probably got a bit quick and it was a little bit just lost a little bit of composure at times because he was going a little bit too fast for himself. Yeah, Ralph. I think there was an opportunity there, like says, for him to sort of potentially slow it down a little, weaver for himself. And you said there it wouldn't have an impact on Michael. We've seen we see Michael react with a sort of a dimmy celebration yesterday in the back end of his day, and that made you think that the mind games had already started 24 hours before, and that's not being disrespectful to his play yesterday. No. It's just the fact that Michael has that. I'm, I'm winning this tournament, so it's not a, any sort yeah. of knock on to that player. But I think the mind game started early, and that was probably in Dimmy's mind for Rousey to not slow it down because there was that potential. We saw it with Dimmy and Desi last year, and yeah. Desi did his little twirl. Um, so that could have happened then. But on this one, it was a strappy game in regards to we used to having, well, this week has been fantastic with numbers wise. We've seen a lot of Tom Plus. Um, averages we've seen a lot of 98, 99, and Michael finished on 98.9, I believe, about the start in front. Yeah, um, yeah, hang on. But up until 13.10, Michael was averaging high 96, low 97. And 
the jump from 96-97 up to 98.9 doesn't seem a huge jump, but at that many lads that's played... Yeah, it takes a lot the to step, get up there. Yeah, the step from 13-10 to then down win seven of the last eight. How good is that for Michael now down into tomorrow? Uh, he's, he's coming into this like... Like you say, we... I said that I don't think for Gezi, I think it'll be a good thing for Gezi that he ended almost on a little bit of a bad note where he lost a couple of legs so he would be a little bit riled up and want to prove something when he comes out. But for Michael, I think it's the other way around. If he was coming in off a bit of a edge of a bad performance, it'd be in his mind and he's trying to sort of fight it back. I think for him, coming in off a really good, solid last eight legs where he's absolutely just taking him apart, he's going to be so confident tomorrow that, like... He's just going to feel like I'm right back here at what I've been all week where I'm just going to kick off straight away with a 180 and go from there. Like, Yeah, I'm with you on that. So let's hear from the man himself because we have still got to preview tomorrow's action of where we have a double session camp. Which yeah, is we're talking too much again. Sunday. <laughs> we, we, that's what we're here to do, mate. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> but let's hear from the... The most important man right now, and that is Michael Van Derwen, who come through that victory with Dimitri van der Berg, 17 14. No, he's, he's quite boring to play against, but that's one of them things, you know. I mean, you, this happens in Dallas, unfortunately, and you have to deal with the situation. You have to deal with the situation. Now you're into the final. One, yep. We saw you math out there, one more game. At the start of this tournament, with everything you've gone through, did you realistically believe that you could come here and get to the final at 80%? I hoped it, but yeah, if it's re if it was realistic, probably not. But uh, you need to believe in your own ability, and uh, of course, to be in the final, it's uh, it's a huge plus for me. And uh, I hope uh, there's uh, room for improvement and room for more tomorrow. I think Gezi's favourite tomorrow. I think he's been playing better dots than me in this tournament. But uh, if you're purely gonna look to mental strength and all that. Then I may, I might be favoured, but you, you never know. Totally, is a different game tomorrow, and uh, I'm looking forward to play against him tomorrow. Cam, that must be a first. That must be a first where Michael's saying that someone else is favourite in a game against him. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't say that. <laughs> That's not. That is not what Michael Van Gerwen says. Michael Van Gerwen is always the favourite in his own mind, and he thinks that if anyone thinks he's not the favourite, they're an idiot. Like. Is that Michael becoming the master of mind games, as we saw from Phil? I think he's trying to, years. isn't he? I think he's, he's trying. Is Michael stepping into that? <laughs> he doesn't it's usually... He's usually his mind games are, I'm the best in the world, I'm just going to smash you. Like There we are from Phil as well, who's listening. Yeah. Mind games, he's saying it as well. They've, they've, yeah. they've started... Um, well, I say they've started. I feel there was here yesterday with the um, sort of the signal on stage. Oh. I do that. He even he gave it a bit. He gave it a bit in the interview afterwards when he said, uh, <laughs> "He said, he said, oh, I learned a lot from from Dibby this week, and that I just needed to keep myself calm and just keep doing it." Like that was even after the game as well. Like, but yeah, I've got, I don't know because I don't really like it from him saying that someone else is the favorite. I like him standing up there and going, "Nah, I'm the best, and I'm going to win." Like. I'm not sure I believe him when he's saying that. I think that no, he's I think I don't know, he's just playing up a bit. He's playing to the camera a little bit and he's doing his bit, but yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
We will talk more about Michael Derwin and we'll come on to previewing tomorrow night's final. But before we do, as I said, Dan, we've got a double section tomorrow and we've got our first women's world match play um, taking place tomorrow. So we've got the eight top women players in the 2022 uh, PDC ranking going head-to-head for the... There's £25,000 in the pot, 10000 for the winner. And we'll just go through those dames, Dan. I'm going to fire to you for a result in each of these. Yeah. I'll run through the dames and then, obviously, depending on who you've picked for the semi-finals and final, we'll go through those. Um, so, starting with Lisa Ashton and Chloe O'Brien. I'll, you can go first on this one, mate. Are we are we going score or just result? Score. Score as well. Best, uh, best of seven. Best of seven in the yeah, quarterfinals. I think, I think Lisa gets through this pretty comfortably. I think Chloe will get a leg, but I think... 4-1, Lisa. Lisa wins it, but just not been totally convinced with her on the stage. Um, so I think we'll see Chloe that uh, two leads, um, but they'll be tight leads. All of yeah. all six will be in Lisa will come through 4-2. Moving on then to Eileen Didraff and Laura Turner. Um, for me, I'm just an edge towards Eileen winning this one in seven. So I'm done four three in this one. Over yeah, to you, you've you've took my prediction straight straight out after I think this is a really good close game and I think <laughs> it it will probably come down to both of them on a double in that seventh leg in that it could go either way. But I think I think Eileen just gets off gets off the line and wins it four three. But there is just on this one, there is a very the um Phil's interviewed the um, the majority of the players that were taking part tomorrow and they will be available on uh, our YouTube channel. And there's a very, very good interview with Eileen talking about her preparation for the women's match play. Moving on then to the Queen of the Palace, Fallon Sherrett t- taking on Yundun Tate Sheldon. Tom, how's this one going? Uh Fairly close, but I do think I do think Fallon's experience will tell. I think four two to Fallon. For me, that Fallon early or you don't let Fallon at all, and I don't think you let Fallon in this one. I think she comes through it. Um, I think Tati that's one, and I can see Fallon coming through it for one. Moving on to the fourth and final quarter final, Lorraine wins. Stanley takes on Rian Griffiths. This one. I think Lorraine comes through it, but I'm known for the second deciding lead as a quarterfinals, and Lorraine wins it 4 3. Cam? 4 uh, 2 Lorraine for me. I think Lorraine comes with it, which means that it's a full house of us predicting the same results, which means it's definitely not going to happen. Um, <laughs> it couldn't be any further from happening, but yeah, I, I think we see Lorraine win it 4 2, I think. Yeah, we've done with the seeds on all four of those. So. We're, not, we're not we're not particularly um, <laughs> throwing any wild shouts out there, but we're not. But the seeds for a reason. Be, it's going to be interesting tomorrow. There's a there's a big crowd expected in Blackpool, so it'll be interesting I, to see I how tight really, really and really looking forward that. to it. Like really looking forward to it. I, I it's going to be great. I'm still contemplating jumping in the car tomorrow and coming up and and watching it. I've uh, not, not been there for anything this week and it would just be a case of me driving up there and driving back afterwards, but I, I think I might just do it. 
I'm up forward to you message in the morning to say you're on your way. I know you'll yeah. be here now. You've said that. Um, moving on then to very, very... <laughs> yeah, we'll move on to semi-finals. Like says, these are semi-finals that we're now predicting as well yeah. to the quarterfinals. It'll run a bit light, as was mentioned in Tom's. It'll run a bit like a Premier League night in regards to we'll have yeah. finals, semi-finals and final all in the afternoon session. So on your prediction, Ashton versus Eileen Didraff in a best of nine camp. Yeah, I think I think Lisa gets over the line again. Like, a bit like you, I'm not particularly confident with her on on the stage, especially if there's a big crowd in. We, if this was being played in Barnsley or somewhere like that, I'd, I'd fancy Lisa to win quite comfortably. But it's not, and they are up on the stage, and we might just see a little wobble from her. But I think she gets over the line and wins it 5-4. And moving on to, I think um, Lisa comes through it as well. Moving on to second game, Fallon versus Lorraine. Tom? Big score for Fallon. Goes behind, 4-2 down, comes back and wins it 5-4. I think Fallon comes through it. Don't think Lorraine gets a leg. And I think Lorraine wow. and Fallon comes through and wins it 5 now. I think Fallon gets better and better as the day goes on, which yeah. obviously leads me to the final prediction where we would have Fallon and Lisa going on the way that it is. And I can see a few, I do apologise, there's a few in here. Damo's doing for Lisa, wins it all the way. Get your final predictions in as well. For me, Fallon comes through the final with Lisa. And then I, I can see it being quite convincing. I think she, she comes through the, the day convincingly. I just think the... The experience, the crowd will be behind her. And I think Fallon comes through 5-2 in a high-quality final. If she gets the five, she needs one more, just to throw so, that out there, mate. Oh, of course it is. Best of That's 11 me, in that the is. final. Sorry, 6-2. 6-2. I've got Fallon winning as well. Um, we're very unoriginal here at Online Starts in that, yeah, I think Fallon wins it. Well, I think big stage experience, winning matches on a big stage plays a huge part. I think she wins 6-4. Tommy in the chat room, Diff, as he's done for Lisa to win 6-3. But what I do expect is a very, very good day of darts. Very exciting. Tickets have sold very well for it. Um, So it would be a good crowd. Yes, there's still some available. They are available on the door. As um, you've mentioned, Tommy, you might be coming down. So if you're not or you're nearby, make sure you come along and support women's darts for the first. Get yourself in there, because it's going to be a great watch. For the first, and what has already been announced, we've got our second one next year. It will be back next year, so it's going to be a great watch, either if you're tuning in on TV or you are along. Then, moving on to the World Match Play final. Dave did mention around the timing of it that the final tomorrow starts at 9 o'clock. It's so. It's stupid. Why is it so late? It's nonsense. But um, they've got it wrong with the timings all week. And I've, I continue to say it. Why, why are we playing so late every night? It, it doesn't need to be that late. But but it is what it is. And Discussion for another day, Cam. Yeah, definitely. That one. You can, you can cool. chat about that one tomorrow on the live lounge. On Monday. Oh, no, no, you, tomorrow, are. you are. Tomorrow right. You are right tomorrow. Which means these predictions need to be very quickly. I've just seen the time. Um, Cam, no, this far, is what right? this is one of the one final that we do know where the finalists are for tomorrow. <laughs> Obviously, we we discussing the women's where we are at quarter final stage, but in the world match play 2022, 
will MVG lift the match by the title then, or will Derwin Price cement that place in number one with a nine daughter this week and lift the title? Where are you going, mate? We have a new name on the on the trophy for <laughs> me. I think Gezi's just playing that little bit more consistent, that little bit better than Michael is, and just doing it over a longer period of time. And I said earlier this week, I, I had him losing to Jose because I thought Gezi wasn't doing it for long enough. He was just doing it in spells. But he's proved me wrong twice in a row now and in that he's not just doing it in spells. He's doing it for, for long periods now. And I think we see him lift his first match play title and I think he wins it. What are we? He's 18, isn't it? Yeah. 18, 12, pretty comfortable. See, I think I said yesterday, uh, discussing it briefly with Charlie, that I reckon that it'd be a bit of a, a, a one-sided final. Um, ju- and that was just on the basis that Michael and Derwin come into this week with very little form, both of which I predict yeah. come to that to the final. And I felt like there was going to be a dip. The fact that Michael sort of had his dip already, um, and after his win the other night, I do apologize if they're near the noise in the background, as they are working away. Um, I think. We see, I don't want to say a one-sided affair at first right in, but two about halfway, nine or ten. But I think it's MVG who lifts the match play title, Betfred match play title in 2022 to 10. Um, but that is not in the sense of a, a demolishment early on. I just think we get to a point at around 12-8 maybe, and he just then does on a bit of a it's run on. page, like we've seen tonight. Yeah, yeah. So close early on, but then... Well, it does away. We've got a few predictions in. So Tommy's this is what we love to see everyone 18, anyway, though. Price. Me and you, so far away from each other on predictions. Like, couldn't be couldn't be any further. This is more like we're not predicting the same all the way through the women's like we have done. This is what we want. Us going completely the other way. Could go yeah. anyway. Toss of a coin. Uh, oh, 100%. But it's strange that we've both done the different way in players, but we've also done... That, that player wins convincingly. Oh, yeah. But, um, so he's absolutely nailed off the extra legs, and <laughs> someone gets over the line in a decider. Yeah, it certainly is. Cam, it is now 10 past 12 on Sunday morning. We've been live for 35 minutes on a day when we've only had two bad. games. We for half an hour. We've done, that's pretty good for us. <laughs> we've only had two games, Cam. We've yeah. only had two games and we've, we've waffled on. For oh, me minutes. and Gob did 50 minutes on two games the other night. Oh, um, Dob and Dan have done close to an hour on their show, but they did have four <laughs> games, I believe. Um, but Cam, as always, thank you very much for joining. Hopefully, I'll see you in Blackpool tomorrow if you're coming down. I will give you a shout if I'm on my way up. We'll As always, thank you for Winmare, Red Dragon and Modus and more importantly, Betfred for their continued support during the match play. The biggest thank you is all those to the people who have tuned in, the people who were here before we even went on air. There won't be a fallout bar tomorrow as we don't do one after the final as we'll have the discussions around the women's match play and talk through the whole week on the live lounge on Monday. So thanks very much for tuning in for the eight nights of the fallout bar. And we will be back with the live lounge on Monday. Tam, good night, my friend. Evening.